what. <clears throat> Alexa, set a timer for 30 minutes. <laughs> and I pulled the plug. All right. How was everybody this morning? Well, I thought you said this is the day that the Lord had made you go rejoice in it. I asked how you're doing. You're like, eh, eh, all right. <laughs> it's the mass. We're better than we deserve. We're we are we are blessed. We are blessed beyond measure. We are. Uh, if you're a child of God, you have a home in heaven that is prepared for you. Uh, you have a the Spirit of God that dwells within you. Uh, you have been blessed beyond measure. We just forget about it sometimes. I'm thankful for the salvation that God has given to me. Uh, Ephesians chapter six. Uh, we're going to start here, and this is the beginning of a. We're not going to. We're only going to look at the first couple of verses here, and then we're going to turn to Joshua chapter one. So, if you want to go ahead and and and, and mark that in your Bible, uh, so that you so that we get there, you're, you're able to flip to it quickly. That's that's just fine. Uh, we're going to start a a a series on being prepared uh, for battle because the truth is we live in a time of battle. Now, I don't mean we're to go get your guns loaded and cleaned and prepared. To, we're not looking for Minutemen to jump, to jump in, uh, up to war to fight against the government or to fight against um, uh, opposing views or anything like that. The Bible teaches us, and we're going to look at it this morning and this afternoon, if, depending on how long this message goes. <laughs> and I say that, I, I'll, I'll stop and we'll come back this afternoon and, and finish it. We won't keep going through, this, through the afternoon. But... but we look back at what we just went through in the last year and think, man, that was a tough year. And it was, in a lot of ways. Uh, but every year is a tough year, if you really think about it. Uh, uh, in, in fact, I, asked my, I talked to my wife, and my wife thinks 2019, for her, was a harder year than 2020. While we had a national pandemic going on in, in 2020, and there was, uh, the, the truth is we know that there are problems in everybody's life. The Bible says it rains upon the just and the unjust. Uh, everybody goes through difficulties. There is no promise for the Christian that your life is going to be easy. Uh, uh, there's no golden ticket. There's no, it's not a, it's not a, it's not, you're not like a Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory running around, I've got the golden ticket, right? And, and never have to go through another, another uh, trouble in your life where everything is just handed to you. No, instead we know that we're going to suffer all the same problems everybody else does. In fact, we may suffer more because we're the children of God. The Bible tells us to expect persecution because uh, Jesus tell, told us that in, 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 in Matthew. And, uh, we, we need to understand that persecution is likely to come. The, the world hated him. The world's going to hate us. I don't know what it's going to look like for Christians in 2021, although it is 2021, in the, in the coming year or the coming years in America. Uh, I know that we've had it easy. I know that it's, it has been much easier for American Christians over the last 200 years uh, than, than it has been for Christians all across this world everywhere else. Uh, even today, Christians are being, being persecuted. They're being martyred. They're being killed. Churches are being burned. Uh, people are being ripped from their homes. That only happened in the Bible days. No, that still happens today. It just doesn't happen here. And we forget about that. And we think, uh, we think oh, my Christian life is just so hard. It isn't. We've been blessed. But can I... <laughs> Brother Don, you, once you caught me now, I, every time I go to say it, I, I, it catches me. Let me say this. I'll, I'll rephrase it. Let me say this, that we need to be prepared for the day of battle. Last week we talked about the, uh, the, 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 Lord, uh, the, Lord's, uh, the Lord is Jehovah, right? Uh, and looking at, the, at, at Moses having brought the, the Israelites out of Egypt back in Exodus chapter 15 and how they, they sang a great, a, a great song of, about God and his power and his might and how he won the victory for them when they crossed the Red Sea. And we, we looked at that passage of scripture and, and through the whole chapter and, and at the end of the chapter, guess what? They had another test. They came to the, the waters of Mara, and the waters of Mara were, were bitter waters, and, and, and God was testing them, and God was proving them, not for himself. He already knew what was in their heart. He was showing that they, they needed to trust him. And, and so, so uh, God, God proved himself there. In Mara, God proved himself uh, in many different ways. And, but, to, but today, can I, 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 we just got to understand that, that it's not done. It's not over with. While God is still God, and the God that we serve is the same God that, that took care of the Red Sea and all those, those miracles back in the Old Testament, he's still the same God today. Praise God for that. We still face battles today. And we can't go into life just thinking, well, you know, it's going to be fine. We need to be prepared. Have you ever done something unprepared? 
How many of you take the test unprepared? How does that go for you? How, 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 many, how many of you gone to work unprepared? You know, one of the, one of the most, uh, I was a paramedic for 17 years. Uh, one of the, I spent years in school to prepare for that, and that knowledge I'll always have, except for what I forget. <laughs> but, but you know what's wrong as a paramedic? If I don't go out in my ambulance with all my gadgets and tools, I'm very limited in what I can do. I need to go prepared. I need to, I need to go out ready to, to uh, if, I, if I was working as a paramedic, ready to go out and save that person's life. I would need the, the, my, my bag with all of my first aid equipment. I would need the, the, the laryngoscope and, and the intubation equipment. I would need the, cardio, the, the, the cardiac monitor and, so that I could def- defibrillate somebody if I needed to. I need my box of medications. Without that, you know what I'm, I am? Just a guy who knows a lot of stuff. Can I, can I defibrillate you without my defibrillator? Nope. All those things you see on MacGyver or on TV where they, they hook up to a car battery or they do something, it's fake. It doesn't happen. Do you know what normally happens? The people die without the equipment that they need. What would you think of a soldier that went out to battle without any equipment? Everybody's going to load up in the Humvee and uh, the, 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 the last guy goes in and he doesn't have his gun and he doesn't have his ammo he doesn't have his flak jacket. What do you think about when you see that guy? Stupid, number one. And dead, number two. He's going to be a casualty. He's going to be somebody that's going to be harmful for the, for, for the process of all this. And so, so we need to be prepared for the day of battle. And the problem is many times in the Christian life, we just walk into life unprepared. We, we're, we're not ready for the battle. And listen, there is a battle. There's a daily battle. Now, it's not a battle against the government, and it's not a battle against uh, uh, one another. We're, we're good at fighting one another. It's, 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 it's a battle uh, of, of, spiritual, of a spiritual fight. Look with me, if you would, at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, now, Paul knew something just like most Baptist preachers means. Finally, it doesn't mean it's the end. This is just the beginning of this section, uh, but it's talk, he's, he's changing, uh, he's changing uh, the, the topic of what he's talking about, and he's talking about the last topic. So when you hear me say finally, uh, it doesn't mean I'm done, just so you know. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. Before I can, before I can convince you that you need to be prepared and how you can be prepared, first need to, uh, the, the first thing you need to understand is, is the necessity of preparation. The necessity of, of why do I do this? Because nobody, nobody wants to go on a hike carrying things that they don't need. Uh, if they do, they end up losing those things. Back in the old days when, uh, when uh, uh, they were first uh, sending the frontiersmen uh, out across the, uh, the wagon trains out across the country, they would load all kinds of things in the back of those wagons. And many times, uh, half of that stuff ended up where? Laying on the frontier because they realized it was just extra things that they didn't need. Uh, we need to make sure that we're prepared. We, we know what we need. We need, to, we need to understand that there's a necessity of preparation. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm not fighting with Earl. I'm not supposed to fight with Earl or any one of you. No matter what the situation, no matter what the problem is, even if it's a, there's a human being on the other side of that, understand that there's a spiritual problem behind it all. Our enemy is not one another. Our enemy isn't even the lost of this world. They're the ones that we're to be out rescuing, the ones that we're to send out emissaries and missionaries, or to go ourselves and to tell of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there is a, a battle, there is a, there is a battle that is taking place that we need to be prepared for, and it's a battle that will take place right here in this building, right here in our hearts, maybe even in your own home, but it's a spiritual battle. It's not one between one another. It's not between husband and wife and husband, or parents and children. It isn't a between pastor and congregation or, 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 or church members at all. It's, it's a spiritual battle that we must be prepared to fight. It's not us against them. It's us against him. 
First Peter 5, 8 says, uh, says that the Satan, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. It's a spiritual battle. Say, well, I don't believe any of that stuff. The Bible teaches it. If, we're, if you're a child of God and you believe the word of God, you have to understand that there is a world that we cannot see. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get into anything kind of mystical or uh, just understand that, that Satan and his, uh, Satan and his, and his, and his uh, demons have a desire to get a hold of you. Now, uh, we're, we're, but, but to do that, to be ready, to be prepared to fight that, the first thing we need is the first thing we see in verse number 10. And this, is the, this is the message for today is to be strong in the Lord. To be strong in the Lord. We'll, we'll get to the other, the other things that we need to add to that, to put on to that, the things that God has given to us. But before anything else, I want you to understand, this is not a fight that you can fight by yourself. We try on a daily basis. How many times do you get up and you don't read your Bible, or you don't pray, or you go into a situation and you haven't prepared yourself spiritually for that? Can I tell you, you're trying to fight it by yourself. And any time you try to fight that battle, there's, there's a problem. Your strength is limited. My strength is limited. Uh, I can only do so much. Uh, I, can, I can only accomplish so much. But, but I, I also know that my enemy is greater than I am. But he's not greater than my God. He's not greater than Christ. Uh, the Bible says that we can overcome the world through our faith. It's not, it's not us, but it's, it's the faith that God has given to us. It's, it, it's Jesus Christ that overcame the world when he died on the cross and rose again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Understand that the source of our strength uh, is not from within, but it's from without. Now, if you're a child of God, where does the Holy Spirit dwell? He dwells within you. He dwells within each one of us. The Bible says uh, that, uh, that, that if you don't have the Holy Spirit within you, that, that, uh, that you are none of his. We're sealed with, until, the Holy, uh, until the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're, kept by, we're kept by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're to, we're to, Ephesians 5.18, we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, but inside of us is not only the Holy Spirit, but what else? Our flesh. In fact, the previous chapters of Ephesians talks about this battle that, that goes on between us, the flesh and the spirit, and Romans talks about it, and Galatians talks about it, and, and listen, it is, it, we have both of those in there, and they fight one another, and that's a battle that, that is internal. It's a battle that we need to overcome, and how are we going to do that? First of all, to be strong in his might. Be strong in his might. Turn with me over to... to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. This term, be strong, is found 72 times in the Word of God. And here, in this chapter, we see it the most times in one chapter. We know what's going on here. Joshua has, is is has been is stepping up to take over as Moses has died. God has called him and placed him in that position. God had prepared him for that position. He had he started out as a slave and then worked and then served under Moses as a servant and then as a soldier. And now he's a successor. Uh, he's, uh, he, he, he's grown in his ministry. He, he's, he was a spy. for uh, he, he, he had done all of those things in service of God. Now God had prepared him for this. But, but he was taking over. Uh, some, he was trying to fill some of the biggest shoes uh, that, that anybody could fill. In fact, uh, the, the previous chapter, uh, uh, the, the previous book, the last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, it says that Moses was the greatest, the prophet. There would never be another prophet like him. That nobody knew God like Moses knew God. And Joshua now has to fill his shoes. It's a terrifying time. It's a terrifying thing to do that. It was terrifying for me when I, uh, when 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 uh, you you guys elected me or or or, or chose me to be your pastor, having to fill the, the shoes of Pastor Williams because I'm not Pastor Williams, and I understand that. And but I appreciate the, the truth here that, that God gave Joshua that as he was with Moses, he would be with him, with with Joshua, and as God was with. Moses, and as God was with Joshua, and as God was with Pastor Williams, I understood that God would be with me. It isn't the man in the shoes that, that makes the difference. It's the God that he follows that makes the difference. 
It, 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 Moses, if you remember, was a, a man terrified on the hillside uh, of a snake. Uh, terrified of, well, I can't, I, 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 I can't, can't talk. Can't talk. Uh, I can't go in to do this. I, I can't talk. And God said, didn't I make your tongue? He was a man who, who eventually said, no, no, you need to bring somebody else along and, and I'll tell him what to say, then he'll say it. Give me a mouthpiece. He brought in his brother Aaron. But, but that man was the man who held the rod of God over the Red Sea. That man was the one who performed all the plagues. And he did all those things and did it in the sight of Joshua. God saw the power of God. He, he, or, or Joshua saw the power of God as, as wielded through Moses. And now, Joshua chapter 1, we see God speaking to Joshua. He says in verse 1, Now after the death of Moses, uh, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that hath I given, have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea toward it, uh, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before you as the days of thy, all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Notice this in verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide an inheritance, the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Several times throughout the, 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 follow, the rest of this chapter, uh, in fact, he even ends it with those same words, be, only be strong and of a good courage. Now he's not saying, he's not telling Joshua, Joshua, you need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You need to figure this out. You saw Moses do it. Now you go and do what Moses did. That is not what God is saying. When he says, be strong, he's telling him, just like I was with Moses, just like I, I performed through Moses, just like I did all those things through Moses, you need to understand, you need to gain your strength from me. We're looking here at a few things that, uh, ways that, in ways that we need to be strong. The first is we need to be strong in our focus. Be strong in our focus. There's, in the following verses here, verse uh, 7, it says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Uh, he said, you need to be focused upon what? The word of God. Uh, he says, Joshua, be strong in your focus. Uh, don't let your focus go, go from left to right. We are people that are so caught up in, uh, in, in things that just grab our attention. And, and, and the world is good at grabbing your attention, isn't it? Flashy lights and all kinds of things, entertainment. Man, if, if you want, there have been places that I've gone where I didn't know where to look. Cause they're just, have you gone into an arcade as a kid? I used to love going into arcades as a kid. I don't even know if they have them around anymore. Uh, um, they do? Okay. You go in there and there's flashing lights and, and, and sounds. And what does it make you do? Once the, every game is there to try to draw your attention to it. And it, I, man, I would want to play them all. I would run from one to the other to the other and eventually find the game that I wanted to play. Man, I'd waste all my money. And guess what? It was a waste of time. It was a waste of money. And I never got anything out of it other than a headache. And isn't that like the world today? Man, God says, this is my word. I want you to follow, follow, the, follow my commandments and follow in the way uh, it, the, the Bible says it like this. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Walk this path. But here we are walking the path. Going. And what happens when we're focused, when we begin to focus on something else? When we watch something else, when you're trying to walk somewhere and you walk, you're watching something else. You're trying to drive somewhere, you're watching something else. You tend to veer off the path that you were on. I know this because when my brother was learning how to drive, uh, he was six years older than me. Uh, he was driving down the road one day. I'm in the back seat. My mom's in the front seat. And he's laughing. He says, hey, mom, look at that little old lady on the swing. And there was some, she's probably 80, 90 years old. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're 80, 90 years old and you can swing and not break a hip, get on that swing and swing. But she was just having, a, having herself a time swinging as high as she could. And he thought it was funny. And he's driving like this. 
<laughs> we, 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 the fire went off the road. My mom screamed. And I, I thought he was going to die. I thought we were all going to die. But what, what happened? His focus came off of what, where he was supposed to be going. His focus came off of where he was supposed to be going and went off somewhere else. And God's here telling, telling Joshua, listen, be strong. It's focus on the word of God. Follow that path. Don't allow anything else. Don't allow anything else to draw your attention. Don't let any other God, don't let any, don't let wealth or greed or lust, or, don't let any of those things pull you away from the way that I've called you to go. Because if that happens, you're going to fail. Be strong in the Lord. Listen, the children of God, God gives us his word. And it's there for our, 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 our growth. It's there for our strength. It's there to correct us when we go the wrong way. It's there to reprove us. It's there to instruct us in how to walk. When, once we've been reproved, it's good for all of those things. It's good for our maturity and for equipping us. It's good, to, it's good for everything. But if we take our focus off of it and start going somewhere else, where are we going to end up? Off track. So many Christians are walking around with their eyes and eyes looking off at all the world has to offer. And listen, young people, don't let the world fool you away. I am not, I am not kidding. It is easy to be drawn away from the things of this world because it's, it's pretty. The advertisement, they, they advertise things in a way that they, they make you have a longing for those things. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen a, a commercial for alcohol where they showed you the, 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 the wrecked car? The broken family, the father having beaten the, the beaten the, the, the mother, children that are abused, teen pregnancy. Did they show you those things with, with the, when they show you the alcohol? No, they don't show you those things because that will scare you away from it. What they do show you is the fun times, the beach parties, and all those other good things. Uh, uh, it's all the handsome and handsome men and pretty women, big muscular guys and, and beautiful girls and, 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 and very skimpy outfits. That's what, they, that's what they use to try to attract because, listen, our flesh is within us. And our flesh is more than happy to do what's wrong. In fact, our flesh will always do what's wrong. It will always make the wrong choice because it's our flesh. And if you're a child of God, remember, I mentioned this a few minutes ago, in, within you is not only your flesh, but your spirit, the spirit of God. You're now alive spiritually, and there's who are battling. And if we're not focused upon the word of God, if we're allowing other things to draw us away, we will be drawn away. We need to make sure they're walking on the straight path. And listen, if you walk on the straight path, there is a blessing from that. If you don't allow yourself to be drawn away, notice it says there, uh, it says at the end of verse 7, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. I don't know about you, but I'd like to prosper. I'd like the blessings of God upon my life. I like, I, like, I like God to take care of me when I need... Listen, God loves his children, but there's a time of chastisement for those who walk against or reject what God teaches them. There is chastisement for that. The Bible says he chastises those whom he loves. He's correcting them. He's bringing them back. It's, it's just like we do our children. I don't, like, I don't like to spank my children. I don't like to, 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 to... I'm not saying I don't chastise my children. I don't enjoy it. And if you do enjoy chastising your children, there's a problem there. But I do it because I love them. Elijah, for the, for the longest time when he was two years old, didn't understand that you don't play with the electrical plug. He used to stick things in the electrical plug. And I don't know how many times we spanked them over, two, over a year period before he finally understood. And you know what it took? Sadly enough, you know what it took for him to learn? I thought he died. We had a, uh, is a, is a multitude of things that happened within a, a, a day's time. My father and I came over to help remove a, a, an air conditioner. And uh, uh, <laughs> he asked if I had, I said, I said, don't open the window until you have hold of the air conditioner because it will fall out. It's still plugged in. I turned, my, I turned around and he opened the, the window thinking I had said open the window. It was just miscommunication. He didn't understand me. It fell out the window. And when it fell out the window, the cord that was still plugged in, broke or ripped and it broke the 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 the, the, uh, the outlet it wasn't completely broken you can still see wires and things in there but I'm not an electrician and I'm not going to mess with it so we tried to block it off from Elijah while well, I was feeding Ezra who was a baby at the time Elijah was walking around behind and over here in the corner is the the, the cable form for the cable TV that the house is wired with though we didn't have it and he grabbed that cable and he walked over and he stuck it in there there's this bright blue flash, 
and he fell down, and I couldn't see him. I was sure he was dead. And that's 220 going through a, a tiny infant's body. Thankfully, praise God, he wasn't holding the metal. He was holding the rubber of the cable. And all it was, was the, it was the flash of light, but it scared the snot out of him, and he never did it again. Too many times as Christians, we think we need that. We need to learn our lesson. I just need to learn my, for myself. No, you have the word of God to teach you. Walk the straight path. Make sure, make sure that, you be, that you're strong in your focus. Be strong in your faith. Look at verse 8. The book of law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have a good success. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We are never going to be able to be strong in the Lord or gather our strength from the Lord if we're not going to have faith in his word. I don't mean have faith in what the preacher says. I don't mean have faith in what your parents have told you. I mean have faith in this book because this book was given to you by God. Because he loves you. I've heard people say that to look at it like it's a... a, 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 a love letter from the Lord. I've heard people describe it as basic instruction before leaving earth. I've heard it described all kinds of different things, different ways. What I know is it is the word of God. It is inspired by God, and it is perfect. I can have faith in his word. If his word instructs me to do something, then I know that, that, uh, that, that uh, I can believe it. Uh, the precepts within it are inspired. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It wasn't written by man somewhere just because he wanted to take the fun out of life. We, we treat it that way sometimes. Well, if I, it's just a list of, of things that I'm not allowed to do. Oh, no. Oh, no. But even if it was, we have those lists all over the place, don't we? You ever see a guardrail? It says, don't go over here. It might get hurt. You ever see a fine? It says, beware. Electric. Why would you not touch it? See that little skull and crossbone sign on a bottle? You wouldn't drink that, would you? What happens when we don't have those things? We get in trouble. We get hurt. I know a, I know a gentleman, not too, well, he just passed away, but it had, praise the Lord, it had nothing to do with what we're about to talk about. He had bad water. And his house is a well water. And uh, he went home one day, opened up the, 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 this, the refrigerator, and saw a, a jug of water. Didn't have any special markings on it. They just they reused their, their gallon jugs. And so he poured a glass and drank it. He said, man, that, that, that's awful. Man, the water's bad today. Poured into the glass. Poured, he ended up drinking the whole gallon. Come to find out later, his wife had mixed up some miracle Grow and put it in the refrigerator. Now, if it had said miracle Grow on it, he wouldn't have drank it. Having been used to the, 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 the water tasting bad, he just went ahead and drank it anyways. Ended up in the hospital. That stuff crystallized in his liver. Almost died because of it. Why? Because there was no label there. There was no warning. Warnings are there for a for purpose. God gives us limits. Listen, God, God sets those things for us to protect us. Now, we can't look at the Word of God just as, as uh, what's well, a list of do's and don'ts, because there's more to it than that. But we do need to understand that all of it is inspired by God. We need to have faith that it's true, because God's Word is true, because God is true. God says that the, the Bible tells us that God cannot lie. It goes against his nature. He cannot act outside of his nature. Not, not only are there inspired precepts, but we need to have strong faith in the incredible presence of God in our lives. Verse 5 God told Moses, as I was with, or God told Joshua, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. 
Verse 9, God tells Joshua, Have not I commanded that he be strong and of courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. God is with you. God will enable you. God will strengthen you. Sometimes we, we get in our minds these, 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 these heroes of the faith. We think, I could never be that. I have my own heroes of the faith that I look, uh, the, the look, I look upon, some living, some, some having passed away, men who God has used in great and, and, and just unimaginable ways. George Mueller, if, you, if you've ever done any study on George Mueller, a man of, a man of prayer, a man of faith, he was a pastor, uh, ran, ran, ran orphanages, uh, took care of over 5,000 children uh, in, in his time as, 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 as running those orphanages, and did it all on faith, trusting God, never asking for money, just trusting that God would provide, and God always did in miraculous ways. Just, uh, just a man of faith. How did he do that? Because God was with him. How did Moses do the things that he did? Because God was with him. And we look at those men and say, oh, I could never do that. Do we understand that they're only men? There's, there's nothing different between us and them other than that they had faith in the presence of God. Uh, I read, I've read through uh, George Mueller's journal multiple times. It, it, his, it tells of, of days when he lacked faith. And, and on those days that he lacked faith and feared that this bill wouldn't be taken care of or this bill wouldn't be taken care of, do you know what he did? He asked God to give him more faith. And in the end, he always saw God come through. God is always there with them. Ever see a preacher that just preached and, man, it's, it's amazing how God used them? Listen, it wasn't him, and any good preacher will tell you the same thing. Uh, it, it, it's, it's the presence and the power of God that does the work in anybody's life. Think, I could never be a soul winner. I could never, yes, you could. You just need to get over the fear uh, uh, and understand that, that it's God that does the work. We need to be strong in our faith in his word, in his precepts, in his incredible presence, also is in his promises. The promise that God gave to, to, uh, to Joshua here in, in the first couple of verses, about the, anywhere he went, the land, all that land was his, that was the same promise that was given to Abraham, it was the same promise that was given to Jacob, and right down through the line, the same promise that was given to Moses. It was a, it was a promise that none of them had seen. And Moses, the, the, the greatest prophet that had ever been known, knew God better than anybody else ever would, spoke to him. Never saw the promised land. That same promise that they trusted was given to Joshua. And guess what? Joshua was the one who walked onto that land. It was a sure promise. He had faith in the promise. Uh, listen, he had faith in the promise before. If they had gone in before, uh, the 40 years before, if you remember the story, remember the account, uh, uh, Moses marched them all up there, sent in the, the 12 spies. Joshua was one of them. Caleb was another. And then, uh, there were 10 that were bad and two that were good. We should sing the song. 10 were bad and two were good. Right? And, what happened? Joshua had faith. Caleb had faith. The other ten said, well, you know, we're, we're, we're like grasshoppers in their sights. They didn't have faith. They didn't trust in the promise of God. Joshua said, God said we would have it. Let's take it. They said, nah. And for that, for, for 40 years, they marched to the wilderness. We need to have faith in the promises of God. Have you ever read through the promises of God and just found one of those promises and claimed it for your life? Think about it. God, the other, the other night, Wednesday night, we, uh, I claimed the promise where two or three are gathered in thy name. You'll be here. It's a promise of God. There are, there are so many promises of God. Many times we don't even take the time to read them to study them out, to see how they apply to us so that we can claim them. Man, we need to have faith in, in, in God's word, in his presence, and in his promises. We need to have a strong faith. We need to be strong in the fight. Be strong in the fight. Look at verses 12 through 14. It says, And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half half-tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, thy servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, 
The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of Jordan, but ye shall pass before your brethren armed. What's, what's going on here? You have, to, you have to go back a little bit. Uh, uh, the Reubenites, the Gadites, the, half, half, the, the Reubenites and the, uh, the, the half-tribe of Manasseh, the, there's, there's two and a half tribes there that had found some land outside of the promised land that they, that they desired, that they wanted to have. And, and uh, they, they came to Moses and said, listen, we, we'd like to just stay here and raise our families here and build our cities here and, and not go into the promised land. And God consult, or Moses consulted the Lord and, and then came to the people and said, listen, you can do that. You can leave your, your cattle here. You can leave your families here. But you're going to send your army with us. And when all the fighting is said and done, you can come back and have your rest. And here they're getting ready to go over, and he's reminding them of the promise. Say, you already have your land of rest. You already have the rest that's been promised to you. You won't have any of the, the land over here, but you need to send your men, and you need to send them armed. We need to be strong, yes, in, 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 our, in, our, in our faith. Uh, we need to be strong, uh, yes, in, in, in uh, the, the word of God, the promises of God. We also need to be strong in the fight. We need to be ready to fight. So they went in armed. They went in armed. What does that mean? They were prepared. They had their swords. They had their, their shields. It was their mighty men of valor that went in. They were prepared to fight. Are we prepared to fight the spiritual battles that we're going to face? We need to be. The first one is, we're, the first thing that we need is to, be, to gather our strength from the Lord. And as we go through this series, we'll, we'll look at the, the armor of God that he's given to us. But, but listen, when, we, when, when I ask you, when we say, hey, come to church because we're, 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 we're looking into this or we're, we're studying this. Guess what? What am I trying to do? I'm trying to arm you for the fight. We talk about uh, not living by uh, every 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 uh, uh, like uh, by bread, but by every word out of the mouth of God. When when I preach the word of God, my my desire is to equip you for the daily battles that are coming, because they are coming. I don't know what 2021 is going to look like. I don't know if it's going to be harder or easier than 2020 was. Uh, have no idea. Uh, but I do know this: that there will be spiritual battles that every single one of us will face. Some of you may be in the middle of facing it right now, and we need to be prepared. Not only do we need to trust God, but we need to be armed. We need to have be ready to fight, be strong in the fight. There needs to be armed combat, meaning I carry my sword of my sword, which is the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, Show thyself a prudent to God, a work that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Bible, the Bible describes in Hebrews as a, describes the word as, 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 as a two-edged sword. It is, our, it is our weapon. Are you armed with it? Are you prepared for the battle? And the armed compact, adamant courage. Notice who, who he says that's going to be going in there in verse verse. Uh, Verse 14. But you shall pass before your brethren armed. Notice who it is. All the mighty men of valor. There needs to be a, 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 a courage in your hearts. See, uh, to, 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 for us to be prepared for the spiritual battle, we need to have courage. Yes, uh, we, we, need to be, we need to be strong, but we need to have courage. I've seen, I've seen some pretty big, strong men afraid. When, on the ambulance, it used to be funny. The, the ones who cried during the IVs weren't the little kids, and it weren't the little old ladies. You know who it was? The big manly, the big manly men with the big strapping muscles. I had one guy. He was he was a six foot tall and looked like the Incredible Hulk. Just Ugh! and I went, I stuck him with that IV, and he passed out. Now that's okay for us to have fear. What is courage? Courage is, is acting despite the fear. Uh, I, 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 can't, I can't go out and, 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 and fight. I can't do that. I can't be that witness. I'm, just, I'm, I'm afraid of what people will think of me. I'm afraid. Listen, it's okay to be afraid. Don't let that stop you. We allow our fear and we use it as an excuse to not serve God. Seriously. 
Most Christians are not prepared to tell others about Christ. In fact, statistics show that the, the, the overwhelming majority have never once shared the gospel with anybody. 80% of Christians have never shared the gospel. 10% have shared the gospel and seen somebody get saved. Wow. Let's put it this way. Don't raise your hand. How many of you have shared the gospel with somebody in the last month? I don't want to, I don't want to hear your answer. Let the Holy Spirit speak. But if you can go a month without telling somebody about the goodness and the graciousness of God, the mercy of God in your life, and, and how he saved you, tells me something's wrong. Because that is the greatest commandment that God has given to us, the church. And listen, he gave it to us, the church. He didn't give it to me, the pastor. It's me and you. There needs to be adamant courage and also allied conquests. We need to work together. Strong in the fight. We're not fighting against one another. We're fighting with one another, as in side by side, back to back. It says there in verse 14 that they're to go armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them. Who help who? The rest of the men in battle, the rest of the tribes of Israel. God would not have blessed the, those two and a half tribes if they did not go and keep their word. God would not have blessed them if they were not going to go and fight with the other tribes of Israel. God blessed them because they did. God tells you and I to come alongside one another and to bear one another's burdens. There are times when we need to pray for one another. There are times when we need to uplift one another, to strengthen one another, to help one another. But, but so many times we're, especially in today's day and age, we're so far apart from one another that we cannot have. And listen, I, yes, I, I get social distancing. I get the, the mask wearing and all those things that we're not supposed to. How can I pray for you if you don't tell me your need? And how can you tell me your need if I don't ask you or come talk to you? Listen, it can't all be done by Facebook. It's, it's good to post a, a prayer request on Facebook. Uh, but listen, uh, what's, what's better is for me to come alongside somebody and put my hand on their shoulder and pray with them. I was on the phone the other day, and, and somebody called and asked how I was doing. And, and, and I was honest, you know what, I've got a headache. I've had a, I've had a, I, I don't ever get headaches. And for the last month and a half, I've had, I've had a, a, a daily a headache. I don't know why. I don't know what's changed. Uh, other than I'm not exactly the most healthy person in the world. Uh, but I, I don't know what's changed. And that person said, well, let me pray for you. And they prayed for me right then and there. What a blessing. We need to pray for one another. We need to be there for one another. We need to help one another. Because as we're strong in the Lord, God calls us to fight with or fight for one another. So outside of here, what do we do? Keep in contact with one another. We grow as a family of God. We uplift, we strengthen, we help. We need to be strong in the Lord. Take the time. Be strong in our following, in our submission to the word of God, to our, to our leadership, and, and to our support of them. Look at this, verse 16. And they, the tribes of Israel, answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us we will do, and with us whoever thou sendest us we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee, as he was with Moses. If we're going to be strong in the Lord, there needs to be a submissiveness. There needs to be a, 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 a allowing ourselves to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. We talk about being filled with the Spirit, that's what we're talking about. Who are we going to yield to? 
Or am I going to yield to my flesh or am I going to yield to, my, to, the, to the Spirit? Am I going to, to, to fill myself with the Word of God, strengthening my spirit? Or am I going to fill myself with, with the things of this world, strengthening my flesh, making it hard uh, for me to yield to the Spirit? Listen, remove those things. It may cost us something. Uh, uh, separate ourselves. Put on those, bl- those blinders if you need to. Whatever you need to do to, to keep the distractions away, to focus upon the Word of God, and submit yourself unto the Word. Uh, Colossians 3 says it this, says it this way, uh, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Ephesians 5.18 says, says, says this, uh, uh, do not be drunk with wine, uh, but be filled with the Spirit. We're to allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to work in us and to strengthen us. That is where we gain our strength. It is not, I, I wish I could just go and plug in somewhere. You know, like your, your phone, everybody's got a phone. How many of you have ever let your phone go dead? How many of you like it when that happens? Nobody does. I used to, I, I, I work on, when I worked on the ambulance, uh, it was amazing how many phone chargers we would find in the ambulance. Because everybody would bring their phone to work and they'd have their phone in the front passenger seat. You, never, you weren't allowed to use it in the, in the driver's seat. But they'd have it in the front passenger seat and they'd always be plugged in. And, and uh, I don't know how many times uh, people broke their chargers because they were trying to use them while they were plugged in because everybody's battery was dead. Listen, you don't like when your battery's dead. Why do we live with a dead spiritual battery? You know why? Because we get used to it. And what we get used to, we get comfortable with. We get used to, to, to we get used to being tired. We fit, listen. I, I worked I worked so many hours as a paramedic. I was just used to being physically exhausted all the time. Uh, I would I would work I would I would live on like four hours of sleep a night. It was and, and I'd work so many hours. It was crazy. Uh, but I, I got used to it, and I thought that was normal. When I when I stopped doing those types of things and, and had a family and a reason to go home and, and sleep in my own bed, I was amazed at how much more rest I had. Man, what a, I felt so good. I could have felt that good all the time if I just slept. Think how spiritually strong we would be if we were plugged into the Spirit of God and plugged into the Word of God and, and, and yielding to the Word of God. Man, we would go out. Have you ever been to a, a, a revival service? We have the friends that come in and we spend a week here at church and man, it's just a, a blessing and everybody's fired up and they want to see God work and God's going to bring a revival and God's going to work. I cannot wait. We get all excited. And then next week comes. We've unplugged now, and instead of being plugged into the Word of God and the Spirit of God so much, we've allowed the world to start filtering in. And suddenly, spiritually, we're just not so strong anymore. Can I tell you, you, you can be that spiritually charged all the time. And I don't mean psyched up in an emotional way. It all has to do with your mindset and where your focus is. If you're feeding yourself spiritually and starving your flesh... You'd be amazed at how the Spirit of God could work in you. You'd be amazed at how much more difficult it would be for Satan to trap you or to trip you up because you're walking in the Spirit and not walking in the flesh. In fact, Galatians tells us if you walk in the Spirit, you won't walk in the flesh or fulfill the lust thereof. If we're going to be prepared for this oncoming battle or whatever's going to happen in the coming year, we need to be strong. In the Lord. I want to end with this this morning. We need to be strong in our finish. There's nothing so sad as somebody who runs strong and does so well and then drops it at the finish line. One of my, one of some of the, my, the favorite, my favorite videos to watch, and they're sad and funny, but crushing for the individual, are, are people that celebrate the victory before they actually have the victory. Uh, 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 I, I've seen people running races where just before the finish line, they, they kind of they look to the crowd like, ah, and somebody passes them. Why? Because they slowed down. They're taking it easy. I've seen, I saw a guy playing football. He was running, he ran like 60 yards for a touchdown, and just before he gets to the end zone, he spikes the ball thinking he was in the end zone. The ball bounced back, somebody else grabbed it and ran the other way. What happened? He quit before he got to the end. 
What's even worse, more sad is when a child of God lives their life and they're focused and they're, they're, they're going, they're running well, they're, they're serving God, they're, God is blessing them, and for some reason they let off before they get to the end because they got distracted. That doesn't erase all that God's already used them to do. It doesn't erase their testimony, but sometimes we blame those. Why? 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 We go in looking for a crown and we go in looking for a reward, looking to Jesus, and for some reason our eyes take, are taken off him. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because we got so used to what we were doing. Maybe we were doing it for the wrong reason. I, I don't know. But we need to finish strong. Don't quit until it's over. Listen, you know when it's over? When you take your final breath or when Jesus comes back. That's it. Either takes you home one way or the other. Other than that, we haven't finished. I appreciate Paul. Listen, Paul had a difficult life. Man, he had a hard life. In the middle of the will of God, went through all those struggles and trials. He says, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And laid up for me is a crown. It was shortly after that that Paul lost his head. They said, well, he lost the battle. He died. They, they killed him. Now he won, friend. You think he was afraid when they let him, let him, let him up there to take his life? History tells us, tells us that the man who executed him actually came to Christ on the spot and was executed with him. May we be strong in the Lord. That's the only strength that we can have. May God help us. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the blessings uh, given to us. Lord, help us to find our strength in you. Lord, I don't know what this year is going to hold. Uh, Father, didn't know what last year was going to hold. It, it took us by surprise. But the truth is, we know that you're in control. We know that you have your hand uh, in, in all things. Father, you are sovereign in, in our lives. And, in the, and so we, we trust you, Lord. We have faith in you. We ask you to help us. Lord, I pray that you, you would just bless and work uh, in the hearts of, of our people. I pray that you would strengthen us for what's to come. Lord, help us to rely upon you. Lord, help us to walk according to your, to your word. Lord, help us to have faith in, in your word. Lord, help us, to, help us to be strong. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment.